The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that flips through the pages of history to deliver old news in a new way. I'm Gabe Lusier, and today we're looking back on the life of Robert Burns, the bard of Scotland who made it his life's work to preserve and popularize the rich history and culture of the land he held so dear. The day was January 25th, 1759. Celebrated poet Robert Burns was born in Alloway, Scotland. He was the eldest of seven children born to tenant farmers William Burns and Agnes Brown. The family struggled to make a living on a farm with poor soil, and for the first seven years of Robert's life, they lived side by side with their farm animals in a four-room cottage built by William. Despite their hardships, William and Agnes insisted that their children be educated. In 1765, Robert and his brother Gilbert began attending a school two miles away at Alloway Mill. Then, William and three other local families pooled their money and hired a private tutor to teach their kids English grammar. Robert Burns became an avid reader from an early age, but he also heard plenty of traditional stories and songs from a neighbor who sometimes helped out on the farm. Her name was Betty Davidson, and according to Burns, he owed his initial interest in poetry to her lyrical storytelling. In a well-known letter from his adulthood, Burns paid tribute to this early influence, writing, quote, In my infant and boyish days, I owed much to an old maid of my mother's, remarkable for her ignorance, credulity, and superstition. She had, I suppose, the largest collection in the county of tales and songs concerning devils, ghosts, fairies, brownies, witches, warlocks, spunkies, kelpies, elf candles, deadlights, wraiths, apparitions, cantrips, giants, enchanted towers, dragons, and other trumpery. 
This cultivated in me the latent seeds of poesy. Those seeds began to bore fruit when Burns was a teenager. He penned his first composition in 1774 when he was just 15 years old. It was a romantic ode to a local farm girl named Nellie Kilpatrick, or as she's called in the title, Handsome Nell. For the next decade, Burns continued to casually make up new poems and songs, usually while working on his family's farm. However, after the death of his father in 1784, he began to take his writing much more seriously. In a departure from his earlier work, he started writing in the Scots language, using words he heard locally in everyday speech. This new approach helped him find his true voice, and over the next three years, he penned dozens of verses, the best of which he published in his first collection, titled Poems, chiefly in the Scottish dialect. The book was released in the summer of 1786, when Burns was 27 years old, and it was paid for by subscriptions from people in the region who were already familiar with his work. The collection was a labor of love, but also a financial necessity, as the farm his father had left him was doing quite poorly under he and his brother's management. Things got so bad that Burns even considered running off to Jamaica to work as a bookkeeper at a sugar plantation. Luckily, his poetry collection turned out to be an instant hit, and the success convinced him to stick around in Scotland. One person who surely appreciated that decision was Jean Armour, Burns' lifelong lover and the eventual mother to nine of his thirteen children. The couple had gotten off to a rocky start due to Burns' reputation as a womanizer. Jean's father didn't want his daughter to have anything to do with the philandering poet, but by the time Burns' first collection was released, she was already pregnant with his twins. With the matter more or less settled, the young couple tied the knot two years later and promptly moved to their own farm, Ellisland just northwest of Dumfries. By that point, Burns was being hailed throughout Scotland and England as a great peasant poet, or as he came to be known, the heaven-taught plowman. Unfortunately, neither poetry nor farming were paying the bills like they used to, and Burns had to take a job as an excise officer, or tax collector. He didn't walk away from writing, though. In fact, it was during this period that he embarked on one of the most important literary projects of his life, collecting folk songs for an anthology called the Scots Musical Museum. The project was the brainchild of Scottish engraver and music seller James Johnson, who sought to catalog the country's rich library of traditional folk songs. Burns's contribution, which he made without seeking payment, was to write lyrics to the mostly wordless tunes and to compose new songs in the traditional Scottish style. It was a chance to return to the old stories and songs that had sparked his imagination as a child, and to make his own additions to his country's cultural songbook. The endeavor would occupy the last decade of Burns's life, with his personal output amounting to some 200 pieces. Among them were some of the poet's most celebrated works, including Tam O'Shanter, A Man's a Man for All That, a Red Red Rose, and Old Lang Syne, the unofficial anthem of New Year's Eve. Burns claimed that the latter song was pre-existing and that he merely, quote, took it down from an old man, but literary experts suspect that he put his own unique spin on the lyrics. In total, Robert Burns is thought to have penned more than 700 works in his lifetime, 
an impressive feat, especially in light of how brief his life was. The poet had suffered from a weak heart for decades, possibly as a consequence of the back-breaking farm labor he performed in his youth. In 1796, the condition was exacerbated by a bout of rheumatic fever, and he passed away not long after at the age of 37. In a bittersweet coincidence, Jean Armour gave birth to their last son, Maxwell, on the same day as Burns' funeral. Although he died young, Robert Burns's body of work ensured his legacy would live on, not only in Scotland, but all over the world. Because although his cultural identity as a Scotsman is ever-present in his poetry, so too are universal themes such as injustice, oppression, hypocrisy, the hardships of rural life, and of course, romantic passion. His work was cited as a direct inspiration by many of the great poets who followed him, including William Wordsworth, Samuel Coleridge, and Percy Bysshe Shelley. Many of his poems and songs are still as popular in Scotland today as they were when first written, and one of the clearest examples of Burns' impact on Scottish culture is the memorial celebration known as Burns Night. The first of these events was held on the fifth anniversary of Burns's death and was attended by nine of his closest friends. Gathered at the poet's birthplace in Alloway, they ate a supper of haggis, recited his poetry, and toasted their departed friend with glasses of whiskey and a speech that's now known as the Immortal Memory. The following year, the celebration was moved to Burns's birthday, and as time went on, more and more people began to participate. Today, Burns Night is practically a national holiday in Scotland, though the celebrations now take place in many other countries as well. For the most part, the proceedings are about the same, beginning with the saying of a short prayer called the Selkirk Grace, followed by a meal of haggis accompanied by bagpipe music, and a recitation of Burns's poem honoring the national dish, addressed to a haggis. Once the meal is finished, the immortal memory is given along with more readings of Burns's work, and the whole event concludes with everyone singing a round of Old Lang Syne. These raucous yet sentimental celebrations are a fitting tribute to Scotland's best-loved poet, a lifelong pleasure-seeker and man of the people who sought to preserve his country's heritage and wound up becoming one of the most treasured parts of it. I'm Gabe Lusier, and hopefully, you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHC Show. And if you have any comments or suggestions you'd like to share, feel free to send them my way by writing to thisday at iHeartMedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.